We bless you this morning. We thank you, Lord, for our gathering. We thank you, Lord, for the beauty and the privilege of fellowship with you, the Almighty God. Our Father and our God, as we settle to share your word, breathe upon your word. Give it application to every one of us present here. To the end that you and you alone be glorified. May our lives not remain the same again. And may your name be glorified. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, we have worshipped and prayed. Hallelujah. Can we give Jesus a clap offering for this wonderful choir and the wonderful rendition of that song? God bless you, choir. God anoint you the more and more in Jesus' name. This is for someone. Hallelujah. Good morning, church. If you have your Bible, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I will read from verse 22 to verse 25. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 from verse 22 to verse 25. But what I actually need is verse 25. But for context, we'll read it from verse 22. If you are there, say amen. It's on the screen anyway, so we all should be saying amen. For Jews request a sign, and Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews, a stumbling block, and to the Greeks, foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Verse 25 now. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. The New Living Translation puts it this way, verse 25. This foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans, and God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. Once again, may God bless and breathe upon his word. In Jesus' name. Amen. We want to talk this morning about the weakness of God. When God appears weak. For practically every one of us gathered here, for as long as you have attained the age of majority, it's not every one of your prayers that have been answered the way you want it. There have been times in our lives where we sought the face of God, prayed about particular issues, and everywhere went silent. There didn't seem to be an answer from God. We also glean from Scripture that there were also people whose lives portrayed God as weak. 
Somebody said, life must always be understood backwards and believed forward. We understand life backwards and we live life forward. So our experience in our journey of faith with God somehow shapes our future and the way we handle issues that confront us. What should we do when God appears weak? First of all, let me just read some scriptures. Romans chapter 15 verse 4. Romans chapter 15 verse 4. Such things were written in, in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the, scripture, and the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. You know, Brother Austin was talking about promises when he was leading us in prayers and also leading up to the song that he sang. It says, well, I hope somebody's encouraged this morning through this message. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently. For, you know, as I read this, I wonder, why do we have to wait for God's promises? Why can't God just say, and it happens, I will make you great and you become great? Why do we have to wait? First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11 and verse 13. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Thank you very much. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11 to verse 13. These things happened to them as examples for us. They were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. If you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is what? Faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand or you can bear. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. I want to ask again, why does God allow us to be tempted? Why does he show us a way out of the temptation instead of dealing with the temptation? I don't know if that makes sense to anybody. Why can't God deal with it? Because God has power. Why does he have to show us a way out rather than taking the temptation away from us? These are examples of where God appears weak. What I say to us, do you know that Christ was born in weakness? The parents had to run from Herod for them to be able to give birth to Christ. And Christ was given birth to in a manger. In the most humble of places. Christ was not only born weak, he died weak. In the hands of mere men. The king of kings and the God of glory. But yet, through the weakness of his death, he brought salvation to you and I. He chose to bring salvation through weakness. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 
verse 8 and verse 9. I read 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 8. But the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they would not have crucified our glorious Lord. That is what the scriptures mean when they say, No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Had the princes of this world known, they thought he was weak, so they crucified him. If they had known that that crucifixion was strength disguised in weakness, they would not have crucified him. Brethren, I tell you, when God appears weak, he accomplishes, accomplishes a lot more than when he appears strong. Did you hear that? Let's look at, even in our day-to-day -day life, and even in scriptures, those who were apparently barren. They came to God crying, Lord, give me a child. Lord, give me a child. And for those years of barrenness, what happened? It appeared as though God was weak. Meanwhile, there are people who even do not pray. Before they say Jack Robinson, they have taken in. You can imagine how those who have been waiting on God for a particular issue, such as fruit of the womb, would feel. You know, there's a sticker that someone had on his door. And that sticker read, my name is not in the list of stars, but I am a superstar. I don't know. For me, it's a challenge sometimes that God does not indicate how long we will have to wait for his promise to be fulfilled. He just gives us the promise and leaves us to wait out the promise to be fulfilled. Genesis chapter 18, verse 10. Genesis 18, verse 10. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age. And he ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? You know, imagine these two people. They have been believing God for a child, a child of their own loins, a child of their own. Only when Sarah was stricken in age, God says to them, I will visit you according to the time of life. You know, for Sarah, it must have been like, I beg, I beg, I beg, I beg, I beg, oh, Jerry. You know, I've accepted my lot, and now again, you are coming to rekindle this promise in my old age. If you could not give me this child when I was young, is it now that I'm old that you want to give me the child? I beg, don't raise my hopes. 
that must have been how Sarah felt. What about the story of Gideon? Gideon in Judges chapter 6, verse 13. Judges chapter 6, verse 13. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befalling us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. What was Gideon saying here? Gideon was wondering, Where is this God that our fathers spoke to us of? This God, they said, delivered us out of the hands of the Egyptians, out of Pharaoh. Look at the Midianites just oppressing us. In fact, the Midianites are not on the same class with Egypt. And look at how they are oppressing us. Where is God? God, where are you? God appeared weak. God appeared weak to Abraham and Sarah. Meanwhile, you see, as Gideon is asking God, what is going on? How come we are being defeated? God provided an answer to this same question he was asking in the very first verse. verse Judges chapter 6 verse 1. The Bible says, And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of of Midian seven years. Brothers, brethren, <laughs> do you know that the enemy can be very swift and also can be very, very wicked? In fact, let me put it this way. The enemy can be swift in wickedness when we fall out of the will of God. Gideon was asking a question. The answer to the question was in verse 1. The children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and God handed them over to the Benedites. Sin makes God appear weak. When God appears weak in your life, it may be a good time to look inwards and ask, is there anything I am doing that is contrary to the will of God? Isaiah chapter 59, verse 1 and verse 2 reads, Isaiah chapter 59, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, neither his ears heavy, that you cannot hear. But what? Your iniquities have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you. That he will not hear. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 34. Says righteousness exalted a nation. And sin is a reproach to any people. Why does God appear weak? Is it possible that sin is getting in the flow of what God wants to do in our lives? Number two, why does God appear weak? When God wants to bring the greatest glory to himself, he makes himself to appear weak. 
John chapter 11 verse 37 John 11 verse 37 and some of them said could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died you saw the question I was asking earlier on Jesus therefore again groaning in himself cometh to the grave it was a cave and a stone lay upon it Jesus said take ye away the stone Martha the sister of him that was dead said unto him Lord by this time he stinketh for he has been dead four days Jesus said unto her said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe thou shouldest see the glory of God why was Lazarus left in the grave for four days and it appeared like Jesus was weak was that the glory of God be made manifest if only you believe you will see the glory of God sometimes when God appears weak in your life be careful to check and be sure if God is not wanting to bring glory out of your situation we rebuke the spirit of sleep can I hear a bigger amen You know, when human beings get used to things easily, we forget easily. Sometimes when things seem to happen easily in our lives, they appear routine. I don't know if that makes sense. You wake up in the morning, you kick your car, it answers you, vroom. You put it on gear, the car moves. It looks like that's the way it should be. Your children grow up. And you say, go, they go, come, they come. You say, after all, I taught them the ways of God. Oh, my husband loves me so much. Or oh, my wife is submissive. Why? Because I love her. Or he loves me because I submit. You know, there's a tendency for us to think that those it is not working out is because they are not doing the right things. There is a tendency to think that when somebody has a deviant child, it's because you did not train up the child the way the child should grow. Yes, the Bible says you should train up a child the way the child should grow. But it's not a guarantee. One thing is a guarantee. If you don't train them the way they should grow, they will certainly be deviant. But that you train them the way they should grow is not a guarantee that they will turn out well. I don't know if I'm making sense. That you submit to your husband does not mean that necessarily your husband will love you in return. Or you love your wife does not necessarily mean it is important you do that because if you don't do it, failure is promised. But that you do it is not a guarantee. I don't know if I'm making sense. So, it is easy for us to think that when things are working out for us, it is routine. After all, I did it right. Exodus chapter 14, verse 4. It says, I will harden Pharaoh's heart that he shall follow after them, and I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. 
and they did so. Why would God tell a man, go and tell Pharaoh, let my people go? And he goes to him, rather than the people go, he tightened the belt. Things became worse. Why did God do it? That the Egyptians may know that there is a God in heaven. So sometimes, when things appear not to be working, God may be using that situation to do what? To want to bring glory to come to manifest. Job chapter 16. Sorry. Number three. Why does God appear weak? When we are being tested, God appears weak. When we are being tested, God appears weak. Job chapter 1. Let's read from verse 6. Job chapter 1. Now there was a day when the Son of God came to present themselves. Sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. The ministry of wandering. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect man, a perfect and an upright man, one that fears God and eschews evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Has not thou made an edge about him and about his house and about all that he has on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he has and he will cause thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, <laughs> Life can sometimes be dangerous. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that is has is in thy power. Only upon himself put not thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of God. I can imagine how Satan went forth from the presence of God. Like this. Ha! Permission has come. This scripture teaches us, I've said it again and again, teaches us a couple of things. That this world operates by a system of permission. If God does not permit, nothing can happen to you. God set the boundaries. Okay, I give all that he has to you. Torment him. But his life, don't touch it. That's number one. Number two. From what we read here, no amount of prayer Job could have prayed at this point could God have risen on his behalf. Why? Because God had reached an agreement. You know what? I give you permission. Do what you want to do. But don't touch his life. You know why? God is bound by his word. The only thing God says, he says he will not give you or allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. So when this started, God had known how much Job can bear and say, okay, torment him to this boundary but don't go beyond it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. He says, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, the temptations in your life 
are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. I would rather God just stops the temptation or the test rather than him show me a way out. So you see, sometimes God appears weak. Sometimes. But for genuine Christians, when God is testing us, it is an opportunity for what? For growth. James chapter 1, verse 2. James chapter 1, verse 2. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles, when trials, when tests of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to do what? Grow. Your patience has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Moses was a fugitive running from Pharaoh for 40 years. 40 good years. A man on assignment. But those 40 years matured him to be able to lead Israel out of bondage. Joseph languished in prison for what he did not do. But his time in prison prepared him to be humble and not to be boastful. I've shared that with us several times, Nabi. He had a dream. He went to his brothers. <clears throat> do you know that I had a vision? I'm going to be great. Oh? I'm going to be greater than you all. I saw the dream. You all were doing what? Bowing to me. The scripture says they noted it in their hearts. Why did they note it? Out of envy. Even the father stored it away. <laughs> this thing this boy is doing. Then he went into Potiphar's house. And Potiphar's wife accused him wrongly and they put him in prison. Two people had a dream. Somebody had a dream. He interpreted it. What did he do? He beat his chest. This is not a small thing now. This is what God is saying to you. This is what God is saying. When you get to Pharaoh, please let him know I am here. Oh, that the interpreter of dreams is inside prison. The Bible says the man went out and did what? Forgot him. God must have been saying at that time, this boy has not learned his lesson. No? He has not learned his lesson. If I release him now, he's going to bring trouble upon himself. By the time he learned his lesson in prison, and the man said, hey! Americans will say, my bad. My mistake. <laughs> Sorry I forgot. There is this guy in prison who can interpret dreams. He can solve any riddle and enigma. Pharaoh said, really? Go and bring him. As he approached Pharaoh, Pharaoh said, I will hear you can solve riddles. We hear you can. He said, hey, not me. Oh. It is God. Oh. He has learned. He has learned. God's ways are often not our ways. Often. That's why they say his wisdom is wiser. His foolishness 
is wiser than the wisdom of men. Isaiah 59 verse 8. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Brethren, whenever you don't understand God, just trust Him. I recall Dr. Okeonuzo, something he said some years back when he was going through trial going through serious trial, he was almost going to be kicked out of school because he thought he was obeying the voice of God. At a point, he went to God and said, God, I don't understand what is going on. No. If I say I understand it, I'm lying. No. I don't understand what is going on. But God, I know you know what you are doing. Can you imagine such expression of faith and trust in God? Even when you don't... God has not called us to understand. He has called us to trust. If you are waiting to understand what God is doing, you may never take a step. Just trust Him. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Romans 8, verse 28. What does it say? And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are the called according to his purpose. And what we know, not and we think, that was the man of faith, Paul. He said, and we know that no matter how bad the situation may be, it is working out for my good. Can we as Christians and as believers, believers in quote, be able to express such trust and faith in God when things are not going well for us? And we know. Oftentimes we quote that scripture from all things work together for good. Yes, they work together. But before it worked together, he was going through a bad situation. And a man who was in a bad situation is saying, I know that this will work out for me. God is seeking a man. God is seeking men who can trust him. God is always looking for a man. And church, what I'm here to tell you this morning, consider yourself to be that man. Consider yourself to be that watchman. Do you know that in every family, there's a watchman? In every church, there's a watchman. In every nation, there is a watchman. In Genesis, God said to Abraham, if I can find 50 men, 50 men, Abraham said, ah, that's a small thing now. That's a small thing. They looked, they couldn't find 50. He said, what about 40? What about 30? What about 20? What about 10? Was it 10 Abraham stopped or 5? 10. When he saw the thing was going down, what did he do? He said, let me just leave it here. Before I go down to one, because all he was thinking is that, if nothing else, at least Lot and his family 
should be counted. Oftentimes, we, they say, oh, God is, God, the thing that is happening in your nation is because God is looking for righteous people. Ah, you say, where are those righteous people? Now, let somebody, why are you saying where are they? What of you? What of you? Can't you be the person? In Genesis, God looked for 50. In Ezekiel, God looked for one. 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 Not 51. You see, I'm searching for that one man who will stand in the gap. The number had reduced from 50 to one. Why? What is the lesson to us? Never think that other people are standing. Think of yourself to be the one who should be standing. God is looking for one. Can you be that one? Sometimes, let me say this. For my extended family, I say to myself, could I be the one that God is waiting for for something to happen? You know why? We must always tell ourselves that we mustn't be the ones to leave the cage open for the enemy to attack. The watchman is the one who mans the cage. If you leave the cage open, not only you but so many other people could be destroyed because of your carelessness. That is why each time, never think that others have that response. Don't think that pastor is praying for you or praying for the situation. Why don't you arise and say, there may not be any other person who is doing it. Let me be the one to stand. Christianity is not a call to abdicate responsibility. But it's a call to responsibility for every one of us. We must believe whatever we are going through that no matter what happens, it will end in praise. And we know that all things work together for good. The story of Joseph, he told his brothers, you meant it for evil, but God turned it what? For good. That is the way to interpret the things that befall you. Not to say they have come from the village, or God hates me, nobody loves me. And we know that not some things, all things work together for good. No, in Jeremiah, we see the Jeremiah go to the potter's house. And as the potter was molding that clay, we are told that the clay got mad in the hands of God, is it not? And he made it again into what? Another vessel. If you trust God, no matter how bad the situation in your life is, God can always turn it around. God can use that challenge as a stepping stone to your promotion. And so shall it be. In the mighty name of Jesus. We must trust God, but we need patience to trust God. Did you hear me? We need patience to trust God. Psalm 121. Psalm 1 to 1, a popular scripture, but I want to read it from the Passion Translation. The Passion Translation, Psalm 121, verse 1. 
I'll read it through to verse 4. It says, Look up to the mountains and hills, longing for God's help. But then, I realized that our true help and protection is only from the Lord, our Creator, who made the heavens and the earth. He will guard and guide me, never letting me stumble or fall. God is my keeper. He will never forget nor ignore me. He will never slumber nor sleep. He is the guardian God for his people, Israel. Brethren, our God is walking. Ah, I thought I would hear an amen. amen. I prayed against sleep, oh. I say our God is walking. He's walking day and night for your sake. He says he does not sleep. He does not slumber. He does not even... It doesn't happen to God. He's walking. He's walking. Turn to somebody and say he's walking. See, sometimes... Sometimes we learn faith. Church, listen to me. We learn faith from people who are not even as strong believers as us. Do you know that? I heard a story. The woman was quite dramatic of Peter Obi when he displaced, uh, what's his name, Ngige, as governor of Anambra State. You know, Ngige was governor for three months. They said he was certain he should not have been impeached or removed from office or whatever happened. While other people were panicking, he told them, relax. Relax, we'll see this to the end. So the woman described it that way. He said it was like one day, God just said, what is even happening over there? Let me take a look. What is happening? Let me take a look. Oh, is this injustice? Oh, yeah. You, go in. And that was it. When nobody expected it, they restored the office to him. Sometimes, all we need to do is just to ask God, please, just take a look at my situation. Just one minute, just look at it. Please, Lord, just look at my situation. It doesn't take God more than a second to change your situation if he looks at it. Do you understand? I have said this. When God picks up your file, what does he write on the file? Treat as urgent. Things may not be happening now in your life. They may not be happening. But the day God will pick up your case, it's going to be swift. Why? Because it doesn't take him more than a second to change your situation. If only we can trust him. We can trust him. What should we do when God appears weak? We should have settled faith in God. Did you hear me? Are you just listening to me for the sake of listening? What did I say? We should have... You know when they say somebody has settled faith? You have settled the matter. It is settled that God will do it. Nobody... If God cannot do it, nobody else can do it. Habakkuk chapter 3. This is a man like you and I. This is what he said. Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 17. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms, 
and there are no grapes on the vines. Even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will, joy, I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights. You know, it's very similar to Job. What is this man saying? I stepped out to go to work this morning. My employer gave me a sack letter. As if that was not enough. Let me go to my house and cry. I got quick notice from my landlord. Uh-uh. In one day. As though that is not enough. They called me from the village. My father is critically sick. Oh, if we don't take him to the hospital, he will die. As if that is not enough. I sent someone to go and buy fuel. They called to say he had an accident and the car is beyond repairs. That is what he's saying. That is what he's saying. He said that even though all of these things are happening, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Job said, even though he slay me, even though he slay me, I will still trust in the God of my salvation. These are Christians like us now. Why are they different? Why do they respond to the things of God differently from us? May God deepen our faith. Why must we cry to the Lord? Or what should we do, sorry, when it appears the Lord is weak? We must cry to the Lord and persevere in prayers. Did you hear me? Usually when things are not happening the way we want is when believers of today stop praying. They say, Bo, I'm discouraged. Come, let's go for vigil. Bo, I'm tired. Ah, this situation is lingering for too long. Let's pray. Look, I'm weak. We must do what? We must cry to the Lord and do what? Persevere in prayers. Luke 18. Verse 1 to 8. And he spake a parable unto them, unto this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Why do they faint? Discouragement. Discouragement. Saying, there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city. And she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of my adversaries. And he would not for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary, she, she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said, And shall not God avenge his own elect? If an unjust judge could do justice, how much more a just God, which cry day and night unto him, though he be along with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, 
shall he find faith on earth? I wonder with the Christians of today, when Jesus returns, will he find faith? Believers today are so self-absorbed. It did not happen. It did not happen. They did not give it to me. God did not do it. So I will not. He says, ha! Hmm. If God comes back, will he find faith on earth? So that means things have started going bad now. And it's getting worse now. So what does that tell you? The one of the ways we will stand and be prepared for the coming of Jesus Christ is that we persevere in the place of prayers. Prayer is an indication of the fact that you have faith in God. Did you hear me? When you don't pray, is a clear indication you have no faith in Him. This is a call to perseverance in prayers. Luke chapter 11 from verse 5. Luke 11. Then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Jesus, suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you, but I tell you this. Though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough. Did you hear that? Ask and it shall be given. Another translation says, keep on asking and it shall be given. Keep on knocking and you shall find. Keep, no, keep on knock, ask, seek. Keep on. Which one comes first? Ask. Keep on asking. And it will be open. Keep on seeking. And you will find. Keep on knocking. And the door will be opened. He says if you keep knocking long enough. He will get up. And give you whatever you need. Because of your shameless persistence. Nobody who is asking for God has pride. Is a shameless persistence. Pride is robbing off us our destinies. You pray one, you say, God, no do, I'm a beg. Leave me alone. I don't even go to church again. Pride. He says, and so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone, not some. Everyone who seeks finds. If you stay long enough, you will find it. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Maybe not now, but eventually. Your fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your heavenly father? who would give the Holy Spirit to you. How desperate are you to see a change in your life? How desperate? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 says, Cast not away, therefore your confidence, which has a great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, 
you might receive the promise. After you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. The promise does not come before the will. The promise comes after you have done the will. Brethren, God's weakness can do far more for you than your strength can. In law, they say people take the laws into their hands. Also in the church, people take matters into their hands. When you choose not to pray and go to the one who controls everything, you know what you are doing? You are taking matters into your hands. And I'm telling you, the weakness of God can do more, far, far more for you than your strength will ever do. Sometimes it's so easy for us to fall into doing things ourselves and leave God. Little do we know that it's a lot shorter and easier to just wait on God. People may seem like they're overtaking you, they're overtaking you, they're overtaking you. But when God starts, is in an instance, he puts you on top. Number three. What do we do when God appears weak? Look out and celebrate God's faithfulness in the journey of faith. Do you know that God wants to be appreciated? God wants to be acknowledged for what he's doing in your life. That nature that we have, he gave it to us because he created us in his image. When you have a child who when you have a child or somebody around you who all they do is ask and ask and ask, they never take a break to say thank you for all you have been doing for me. Thank you for doing this and that for me. Don't you get exasperated? The same thing with God. Take time to appreciate what God has done in your life. The things he has done. Take time, take a walk, take a prayer walk for one hour. Just recounting them. Naming them. The scripture says, count your blessings. Name them one by one. Why? Because sometimes you find out that the things that God has done for you are by far more than the things that have not been done. The nature of human beings is to focus on the things that have not happened. The nature of human beings is to focus on the things they don't have and they leave out the things that they have. The same thing happened in the Garden of Eden. Of all of these you may eat, but of this one don't eat. They took their eyes away from all that they were permitted to eat and focus their eyes on the very one that they shouldn't eat. Count your blessings. Name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. What scripture is that again? I think it's in um, John chapter 16. I close. Is anybody encouraged? John chapter 16 verse 33 It says These things I have spoken unto you That in me you might have peace In the world You shall have what? Tribulation But what? Be of good cheer I have overcome 
the world. You know, anytime you introduce the word but, but, it cancels out everything that came before it. Oh, my father is a billionaire, but. Once you put but, that first thing you said means nothing anymore. It vitiates it. It says, in this world, you will have what? Tribulation. But, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Not, I will overcome the world. Not, I may overcome the world. But, what? I have overcome the world. See, what does this scripture mean? It means you have victory delivered to you. It means at the end, everything will turn out for your good. And as I said earlier, it means all will end in praise. Shall we rise? Maybe you are here and you are dealing with the issues of life by your strength. You do that because you have not sought the help of the best ally who is Jesus. You are fighting your battles yourself. You are dissipating strength yourself. And somebody is on one side saying, I'm available to help you. But you have not come to him for help because you have not and have never perhaps acknowledged him in your life. By acknowledging him is to say, I acknowledge that Jesus came to die for me. He went to the cross for me that I may have everlasting life. If you have never made that confession in your life and made it meaning it, this is the call I have for you this morning. Just lift up your hand so that we can make that confession this morning. Inviting Jesus into your life and into your heart from today to be your Savior and to be your God. Is there anyone who is saying, Jesus, I need you? I want you in my life. I need you as my ally. I don't want to walk this life alone. I want to walk the journey of faith with you. Okay. The rest of us, we're going to pray. And say, Lord. Lord. Open my eyes. To see that your weakness is stronger than my strength. Help me to trust you for all things and in every situation in the name of Jesus help me O oh Lord to trust you with a reckless abandon for all things and in every situation in the name of Jesus open my eyes to see that your weakness is stronger than my strength open my eyes to know that I should lean on you and rely on you for everything in my life in the name of Jesus help me O oh Lord to trust you help me O oh Lord to trust you 
Lebra kashanda kata. Lemo koshende kete. Rekatus kandele vrende kete. Magrundas kutali vrande kete. Help me, O Lord, to trust you with all my heart, with all my strength, with all my soul, with all my being. Help me to trust you in the name of Jesus. Help me to know that I'm not walking through life alone. I'm walking through life with you. You are my help. You are my ally. You are my support. You are my defense. You are my shield. Father, help me. Help me to trust you. Oh God of heaven, in the mighty name of Jesus. Make your strength perfect in my weakness, oh God. In the name of Jesus. And let my life be your praise. Let my life be your worship. In the mighty name of Jesus. Help me to overcome every situation I am saddled with. In the mighty name of Jesus. You said I should be of good cheer. For you have overcome the world. Every tribulation. Let me count it as nothing. Let there be an experience for me to learn from. In the name of Jesus. But give me the wisdom. Give me the knowledge. Give me the revelation to know that you have overcome the world. And because you have, I also have overcome the world. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And so shall it be. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Our Father and our God. Lord, this morning you have taught us to know that your weakness is stronger than our strength. Today, O oh God, by your grace, we discard every such strength that seems to stand as an obstacle in our lives to the fulfillment of our destinies. We take upon ourselves your yoke, your weakness, and we learn of you today, O oh God. Give us that revelation to know and understand that we should trust you for all things and in all situations. Father, when you return, may none of us be found wanting. May you find faith in all of us to the glory and to the praise of your name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed.